One, two, ten. Welcome to the Claim to Throne Blodgecast, coming on you with insights into what it's really like to be in a do-it-yourself metal band in 2014. Who is it? Welcome back to the Claim the Throne Podcast. I'm Cabba. And I'm Ash. And you're listening to the Claim the Throne Blodgecast. Do you remember what the intro says? Are we in a new year now? Does that matter? Have we already discussed that? We have not discussed that. Good point. I didn't even think of it. Probably need to re-record that, but whatever. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, yeah, we are from the band Claim the Throne from Perth, Australia. Melodic death, folk metal, shit. And um, we talk about things on this podcast, all things music and all things humour and whatever else we feel like talking about. If you don't like it, you can get out. And if you do like it, good for you. Um, yeah, it's been like a week or so since we got back from tour. We did a bit of a thing around America. And here we are. What have you been doing, Largy, since we got back? Straight back into life. Had to go back to work. Got a new job, so had to figure out how to do it. <laughs> Is it hard? It's good, man. I get a little office and I sit in it and I do things. Cool. Man, I was supposed to like be dieting and not drinking alcohol after a month of going crazy on American food and cheap alcohol. Yeah. But I've pretty much drunk every day since getting back, at least having a beer or two. I've had a couple. Yum. Yeah, I've got one now. It's just a uh, super dry, bit bit boring but does the job so we're going to sound like trannies today we've both had a bit of a cough and shit yeah any any news we could touch on before we uh well i'll just tell people what we're doing on this podge by the way we're going to be talking about the tour we've just done all the successes and all the failures and all the funny times and just give you a bit of a lowdown of what the go was um so if you're keen on hearing that stay tuned we actually got an email this morning i was going to tell you about doing an interview for a drum magazine they want to interview our drummer which is you Where's the magazine from? Uh, I haven't really looked into it, um, and I can't even remember what it was called. Hadn't heard of it before, but mm. whatever. Do you have an album of the week? Yes. Cabba, do you have an album of the week? I just asked you that, but I'll answer it. And yes, I do. And it's a band that we saw on 70,000 Tons when we were there a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. A band that I've been a fan of for a long time, but got a bit over it and was just sick of waiting around for them and think they're a bunch of dumb retards. <laughs> but um, after seeing them live a couple of times, rejuvenated me. So I've been listening to Winter Sun's debut album the whole time since getting back. And it's been fucking good. They were awesome. They were freaking amazing. Mm. Probably the best live band I've ever seen. Real good. And um, so, yeah, just getting back into that. But, yeah, what about yourself? Uh, I checked out God Dethroned, who were on the cruise. Ah, cool. I forgot to do that. So their album, Ravenous. How do you rate it? Decently. Like, it's not the greatest thing I've ever heard. And maybe some of the other albums are like the ones. I don't know if I picked a good one to start with. But, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Tony Lorino from Nile drumming. Okay. Pretty awesome. I thought they had a bit of a dissection-y sort of sound in a weird sort of way with a bit more death metal. Um, but I thought it was cool and wanted to check it out as well, so we'll do. But I've also been listening the shit out of this Bobby Osinski podcast. Oh, yeah. And, oh, man, it's so good. It's There's that Pensado's Place one that is run by Dave Pensado, and he's a mixer who brings in all these engineers and musicians and talks to them about what they do. But it's I find it's pretty gear-heavy and... I don't know, they also talk about a lot of fluffy stuff on there, so very interesting, but sometimes it's uh, just a little too much, whereas this Bobby Osinski one, he's like a pretty famous mixer. He wrote a bunch of handbooks for the recording engineer, handbook for the producer and stuff like that. And um, yeah, he's he's just out and about all over the place doing all interviews all the time. So what he does is he's got a bunch of pretty relevant music news about the industry and few tips in there about synchronization and um 
uh, I don't know, it talks about weird things like if there's even a reason for a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or, um, I know, you know, oh, and, and streaming services and new things that are popping up, trends in sales of like which sort of digital or uh, physical media, you know, just all sorts of boring management music marketing sort of stuff, just as little tidbits, which is cool and then Man, it sounds pretty awesome and then he goes into an interview and he usually gets a recording engineer but it's sometimes it's a little bit gear heavy but sometimes it's just like hearing how they talk about what they do gives you a lot of gives me a lot of ideas anyway what's the actual podcast called bobby osinski it's bobby osinski in a circle in a circle i'm gonna subscribe to that right now because it sounds pretty good yeah it is fucking good because i've been listening to pretty much just super coach podcasts since i got back as well um, so I probably need to get into some more music ones to keep my mind on things that actually matter. Um, but on that note, if anyone out there plays Supercoach or Dream Team with the AFL season coming up, feel free to hit me up for a league code. Got a $50 <laughs> cash league probably going on in Supercoach. So find me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, Twitter handle's at Mr. Cabba and uh, we'll get some crazy shit going. That's funny. <laughs> so we just had a tour. We did have a tour. It was called the Forged in Frost Tour of USA and Canada. Uh, only a small scale thing. Um, there was uh, how many shows in the end? Seven or something plus um, plus a couple on on the cruise. So we ended up playing about ten times, I think, um, which was good. But by American standards, I guess next time we'd be aiming to do a lot more, much more extensive thing, like you know, thirty shows or something would be nice. Um, but it was pretty wicked. Did you have a good time? Man, that is the best tour I've ever been on. Fuck yeah, that's good to hear. Me too, probably. I've been on a lot of tours, but everything worked out on this one. We had a lot of fun. We saw interesting new terrain, did a bunch of shit we've never done, had reasonable turnouts every night, had heaps of fun with each other, just as like mates hanging Mm. out. And uh, yeah, did the crazy ass cruise and realistically we um it was a quite a success so Hell yeah it felt like going over east and doing okay for the first time you know it was cool totally and I, I mean it was one of those things which really could have been a nightmare like it was a massive risk that we took by doing it um but i think it turned out so perfect it couldn't have couldn't have gone any better really um so we were stoked and like you said had heaps of fun um started off in new york we all sort of met up at different times partying and checking things out it was winter so it was cold as absolute fuckery uh, so we were rugged up and it was snowing and icy and it was like minus five or six or seven degrees celsius at the time which we thought was bad but in the coming days we would find out that that was not even cold um, but it was cool because we hired the rv the motorhome <clears throat> to drive around the first leg of shows and i think that was probably is what made it so awesome. I'm like, cause I don't know when you're touring in Australia, you got to fly to every show. You can't drive around like that most of the time. So I just get so sick of airports and packing and checking in and getting out and catching taxis and getting another hire van or whatever. So just having the same vehicle for the, for a whole trip is just really awesome. And that was cool. Cause it had beds in it as well. So there's no booking accommodation or anything like that. Um, so I think it was good, even money-wise. Like, if you're looking at booking a hotel or or any sort of a com every night, um, and then your transport, whatever you choose, it really worked out pretty cheap. It was le- less than two grand Australian for a week or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, I thought that was cool. You did most of the driving. How did you handle it? It was interesting. I was freaking out when I first had to do it because it was in New York City at midnight and first time I've ever driven in America or a right-handed vehicle. So. <laughs> Yeah, it freaked me out a bit. We had that yeah. first night where we pulled up in a supermarket car park, like a giant mega mart, 
and I couldn't sleep. I was freezing <laughs> my ass off. There was this fucking Harley Davidson thing just <laughs> circling us all night and, it, and I had all yeah. these cop signs yeah. and because Grand Theft Auto 4 is modelled on New York City, I knew we were staying in a bit where some <laughs> scrubby dudes always hang out. So it was freaking me. But then, yeah, after we got going that next morning and got to driving in, especially once we got off the motorways, after an experience like a freeway <laughs> in one of those goddamn things, the rest was just a breeze, yep. man. Snow was a bit weird, but yeah, it was yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, it's a pretty massive vehicle. But yeah, I agree. The first night was definitely a bit... um. I don't know, disconcerting. Yeah, definitely a bit, bit no, I don't know about scary, but just you don't know what the hell's going on and it was really cold and we're probably a bit unprepared um, and everything. But once we sort of got out of the major city, we went to um, Long Island the next night, Bayshore more specifically, found a, a nice little spot to park the car um, next to like a little river thing and um, some nice trees and just it was a wicked little quaint town. So I just felt real comfortable and... Um, yeah, it all sort of started happening from there, I reckon. Yeah, it was such a awesome juxtaposition from the sort of hustle and bustle of New York City and being just in a car park in an urban centre to, you know, being on a rural <laughs> road and this beautiful scenery everywhere, like a really quiet neighbourhood right near the venue, um, awesome meals and like uh, boutique beers at the venue was fucking amazing. Me and Cabot got this meal. Like we walked in and the first thing we got was a beer and they had this stout on tap that they, they make themselves and it was fucking awesome. Got us all hungry. Anyway, we had a semi sort of claim the throne band meeting. Do we go to a steakhouse? Kind of semi, all right. <laughs> halfway, like half an hour away from this place or do we just eat there? Anyway, Cabot spied some wings. Well, they had all those trophies along the bar about having the best wings in America or something. They've won all these awards for wings. That was um, the even Flow Bar and Grill, if anyone's wondering. And we saw their wing menu, and there was just, hun- oh, I don't know, maybe maybe just under 100 different types of wings. I don't know how many, but a lot. Yeah, at least like 40 or something, you know. Like, it was a lot. And there was also these crazy burgers on there, and I thought... If I don't eat this now, I'm not going to eat it because if I eat before a gig, I'll probably vomit like if I eat too much. <laughs> and this, yeah. man, this burger, like, well, you know, but audience <laughs> members, holy shit. I've been telling heaps of people about it actually since getting back. Really? Yeah, I guess I have as well. But yeah, two grilled cheese sandwiches as the bun. So full, <laughs> yeah. two full sandwiches of cheese and in between was bacon, half a pound of... Um, meat and some salad some cool sauce and of course more cheese and oh dude it was so filling yeah, sides and shit probably yeah and the waffle fries as well like who has a bun like a beef and bacon burger with the bun as two grilled cheese sandwiches grow up that's amazing yeah it's fucking awesome and it was really cheap so we it's not awesome it's fucking great <laughs> it's fucking great <laughs> actually we'll get to that um <laughs> <laughs> Before we get too carried away here, talking about food and freaks, um, yeah, the first show was in New York City, like we mentioned. We'll just we'll touch on all the shows as well. So it was actually a pretty quiet show, and we thought that might end up being one of the biggest ones, being like major city. But um, yeah, it was yeah nothing nothing massive. There was enough people there to make it worthwhile for sure. Um, and we did get to play with a few cool bands. Um, Dracaris had a dude called Matt who looked after us for a few days. So if you're listening, Matt, cheers for that and everything. Um, and also Yonder Realm, who we actually got to play with again the next night, and they were really, really awesome um, folk metal 
melodic death sort of thing as well, a bit like Insufirum in the vein of that, um, and also Finnamore, who were awesome too. But this that venue, the Trash Bar we played in in New York, uh, in Brooklyn, Williamsburg or something, uh, kind of trendy area, but um, heaps of happy hours and lots of stuff going around the place, so a lot of competition and everything. But um, yeah, this this venue, so the Trash Bar, seven dollars entry, which has an international band and three pretty good locals. Um, with that, you get your first hour with an open bar. So all the beer and shit is included. Mixes, like well drinks, yeah, whatever pretty much you want is free. You just tip the, the bar chick. So that was pretty wild, I thought. Um, kind of small stage and it was it runs pretty late. We started to find out that all the shows over there run very, very late. So we weren't even on till maybe one o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so people, you know, start filtering out seeing as they've had an hour of open bar drinks and then keep drinking cheap shit and then i think after 1am they started having drink specials again to try and keep you in their bar or try and get people from the other bars down the street coming in so that was pretty awesome um but anyway then we yeah we then we did do a nice little quaint place bayshore where we found that cool spot to park and we were next to that rivery thing that was frozen and we were chucking rocks at the frozen lake and they were just like bouncing off or if you throw it hard enough it would smash through that was surprisingly good fun yeah well, it was good but yeah then that uh that big ass burger <clears throat> and yeah we played with yonder realm again that night in bayshore so that was that was sick it's actually only three bands in the end that night um and i did have a bad feeling that was going to be a flop um it's the guy there who was really awesome who helped us with the show but we didn't hear a lot from him before going so it was a bit the communication was questionable um but it actually turned out to be a really cool gig probably had the best fun ever um reasonable turnout i guess as far as that stuff goes Mm. in in a small place like that and um yeah really really awesome vibe and some really fun freaks to talk to um we did record on someone's podcast as well please so that was pretty sick and sold heaps of merch we actually made the most money that night than we did for the rest of the tour we got like 400 bucks guarantee and a couple of hundred in merch and met this freak, whatever his name was. Can you tell me about him? Because I don't even know where to begin. Well, he was just this guy who I spotted as I was getting my pedals ready. <laughs> he picked up Dyson's guitar, a really old Spanish dude. And he was playing Dyson's guitar as if he was shredding on it. But he was playing oh, it behind right. the bridge. So he couldn't actually... <laughs> he wouldn't have been hitting any strings. It looked so funny. He did it for like 10 minutes too. He and, must have been um, trashed or... I don't know what the guy was, but oh, he was drunk. I, he was trash barred, but we got off stage and then he's like, after Jesse, he's like, where's my baby? Uh, please show me, show me, please. And he's getting us to all sign his, like everyone in the whole bar. Cause he didn't know who was in the band to sign our CD and, you know, bought some extra merch and bought a round of drinks for yeah. everyone in the bar. That was crazy. Hey? And Jim was just like asking for shots and putting it on his tab and stuff. Yeah, like, which was pretty cool. And then I managed to record his voice for 45 minutes, so. Yeah. Oh, are we going to put some of that in Of this? course. I'll have to sift through it. It's going to almost please, kill me. Show me. Listen to And um, he was trying to get us to play at his house. Any possibility for the one day yeah. you come to my house and play? And play. Of course. How much are you going to charge for it? What about guys if I pay you $800? $800? $800 to come to play with me for two hours. 
I'll do that. It's not a problem. Trust me. And then you know that. You see? What about the drums? Man, I, I can't do anything about it. You see, I, I don't know if I'm moving or I don't know if I'm staying because you have no emotions. You can't say, you can't do it because. <laughs> yeah, that was real awesome. But we do call him a freak, but he was pretty cool. And um, actually, all the people that we encountered on that tour were really amazing. We met some really sweet people that looked after us and offered us beds in their houses when it was cold and bought us drinks and got us some food and mm. were just generally really nice and supportive. Um, so anyone from the US who's listening, who you know who, who you are, thanks a lot for being so welcoming. It was sick. Um, yeah. What else? Well, Anything that night or do we move on? Uh, move on. I think the next show we went to... Fuck, I don't even remember. Well, we drove from there. It was Worcester? a good few hours drive up north to Worcester in Massachusetts. Yeah. Sort of like a half an hour or so from Boston um, at Ralph's Rock Diner. And I heard some good things about that place um, from, I guess, a couple other people from Perth and Aussie bands that had played there. So um, seemed to fit in pretty nicely in the itinerary. So we chucked it in, lucky enough to get a slot there. And it was a pretty cool place, like an actual diner and actually a lot of rock stuff themed. Um, so we got a few drinks when we pulled up and actually but on our way, <coughs> after I washed my hair in the car while you were driving mm-hmm. with bottled water because the shower wasn't working yeah. and then we tried to pull into an actual shower stop, we, was, my phone was ringing. I was on Global Roaming. I didn't want to answer. I didn't know who it was because it cost a lot of money to answer that shit. I was like, fuck off. And it kept ringing. I was like, <laughs> oh, I guess I'll get it. Answer it. And it's andy from Seventy Thousand tons of metal asking if we want to play on the cruise so I'm like, oh fuck imagine if i didn't answer that it could have been bad so we were sort of celebrating we all cracked a beer in the rv and um yeah i think that started things off well for the evening we're all in good spirits i think till we rocked up and probably got tired and whatever but so that was pretty sick yeah so got a few beers there and some food and Played with some cool bands again. Um, you know what? I actually can't remember what those bands were called. You know the band that had two bass players and the lovely guy that put us up in his house? Andrew, his name was. I can't believe I've forgotten the name of the band. I do feel bad about that. Oh, Baron Oak, they're called. Sort of like, yeah, black metal, grim sort of. Yeah, two bass players, no guitarist. Mm. And um, very, very interesting stuff. Definitely worth listening to. And they did cover of, uh, what was it? They did like a Dark Funeral cover or something. Oh, no, no, Judas Iscariot. So real underground black metal they were playing and yeah it was pretty sick um, and not not a massive turnout that night it was whatever there was but it was yeah that was cool the show went well did did go well yeah yeah and it was funny during the set where we was like how yeah, the fuck are you or whatever being really Australian <laughs> and then one dude in the crowd's like so what made you come to Worcester and like <laughs> it was like a question and answer answer session during it the got gig. like that eh? a few people started talking and it was just a yeah really cool thing of like <laughs> us just having a casual chit chat with a crowd which often happens anyway but not that not like that casual it was funny anyway we went back to andrews and he he hooked us up with um yeah beds and large boa constrictors that he had living in his house <laughs> a very awesome dog and um yeah we made some hot dogs actually in tribute mm, to the you dog and ripper dogs yeah yeah just a really pleasant evening a few hours sleep and then we got in the rv and drove to toronto yeah uh no we did cross the canadian border though which was a breeze just quietly <clears throat> and as you cross the border it was just like 
barren oak everywhere hey like um nothing just open <laughs> land covered covered in ice and snow but yeah and then all the signs on the road started changing to french yeah. which was interesting because <laughs> welcome to french canada i pushed it out guys. of my mind but anyway we did, did get to montreal and it was um it was starting to warm up it got to a a really pleasant minus 27 degrees celsius that night <laughs> which was just beyond cold hey we've never felt anything like that and um everything in our rv was freezing our toothpaste was frozen um the salsa was frozen the waters that weren't in the fridge froze to ice so couldn't even drink that my the, the gopro froze and i can't get that to work because he couldn't press the button it wouldn't turn on still and now it's just yeah it's not we're not working man fuck <laughs> off have no luck with that thing we have not had yeah. good luck with that fucking gopro <laughs> nah, i feel like dro- drop kicking it with steel caps down the road ollie style <laughs> when ollie's um xbox broke and then he got took it back and got a new one and it still didn't work so he took it out into the, the road and drop kicked it with steel cap boots real good <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. anyway that's another story yeah um uh, but we were in france i'm in montreal that was and it was fast cool <laughs> yeah it was fucking cold <laughs> it was just ice and snow and shit everywhere trying to get through those mini little roads <sighs> to find the venue we were running pretty late as it was and um we had to get it light we turned down some street where the gps oh we didn't even have the gps at that point so we, it wasn't working over the border so we're trying to follow google maps and it took us down this tiny little skinny side street with just cars parked on either side and cars coming and people walking. And we had this massive motorhome <laughs> in this tiny little street covered with ice, minus 27 degrees. We're outside trying to direct Ash through. It was just oh, hell. Shit. Yeah, it was a fucking stressful moment. And then after that, we parked it. Try reverse parallel parking a goddamn 15 meter vehicle, by the way, in busy Montreal. <laughs> and we got in and we you know we had little stupid shit like we had to pay for parking when we didn't think we were told we didn't have to but we can't read french so we started getting a <laughs> ticket and jim and i were like wait 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 wait, we're just here we'll we'll get a ticket she was like oh uh je ne sais pas like oh yeah all this shit and we got i put my credit card into the parking machine and i don't think i told the bank i was going to canada so it got the first oh, ticket no. and then it cut me off it was like a two dollar yeah. fifty ticket. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, no, none of us had coins. That's why we did the card in the first place. Jim's card yep. didn't work, so it's just fucked. And by that point, I was so insanely frozen cold that I just, I'm sorry, man. I just had to run inside and sit in front of this heater that didn't even work because it was so cold. And just, Ugh. I think I warmed up no shit for like an hour and a half just to actually get moving to play drums. It was fucking crazy, oh, dude. Man, we're, we're going out to the RV. Um, I went because Jim wanted a beer, so and he got it out of the fridge where things in the fridge actually weren't frozen because um, it was a bit, a bit above freezing in the fridge. So he opens his beer. It's pretty cold, but it's all good. And he has a sip. And then after like a minute, he's halfway through his beer and it starts fr- freezing up, yeah, getting slushy, <laughs> like freezing as he's drinking it. Oh, man. And he, pretty and funny. he kept a beer outside. He put it in the snow. He goes, oh, keep it cool. And he goes back to it. And yeah. It's just an ice block. <laughs> like 10 minutes later. Fucking funny. Oh, dude. Anyway, so, yeah, we were there. It was uh, Lily's, the venue was called, in Montreal. And we got there just in time to load in. And, um, man, the sound check was going forever. Do you remember that? The first band that uh, night? Sound yeah, check. <laughs> like Fuck. over an hour of, I don't know what the hell was going on. Yeah, but they were getting different musicians hilarious. on stage and going... Okay, we need someone who plays more of a heavy style. And then the guy goes on, sets up his shit, his amp and everything. 
the guy does like a sound check and then tells him to get off stage and a different band puts their shit on. It was so weird. It was the weirdest thing ever. But anyway, it eventually started late as same as all the American shows. They're in no rush over there at all hey, to get these shows finished. But, um, so it was cool. There was about six bands on that night as well. Um, they've obviously got a big folk metal scene in Canada, especially over the French side. Um, there was heaps of folk metal bands um, sort of in the vein of Illavati and that sort of stuff. But yeah, it was a pretty cool night. And also our first night as well with Primal Frost who joined up for a bunch of shows on that tour. So we met them there and they were real awesome guys and amazing band live so if you're into winter sun and things like that definitely check out primal frost you will not be disappointed some amazing shredding um so yeah it was good to watch them and uh, nordheim played that night as well who we also played with in toronto and they were cool guys as well a bit like um moon sorry sorry sort of stuff but um yeah i guess a bit thrashier and shorter songs and things but cool dudes um and did all right that night as well a couple hundred bucks more to help pay for our fuel and whatnot and um yeah went on real late yep. but people seemed to stick around it was good vibes again and there's actually a few videos on youtube of us playing that gig from uh matt who helped us put the show together so check those out yeah that was cool man and then we yeah got in <laughs> got in the fucking hotel because there was no way we we're gonna sleep in that rv it was so insanely cold so <laughs> got a hotel that was cool got some great sleep some actual fucking wicked um like heat and then the next morning we were primed <laughs> to set off for Toronto nice and early. Then we got lost with all the French signs for two hours. And yeah. it was an hour and a half after we left our hotel and we passed pretty much our hotel again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that was hell, actually. And, yeah, we were trying to find... I was particularly frustrated because we were trying to find a few things from the shops as well, like CD cases and um, that voltage converter. So two tip number one, we try and be all smart with, like... <laughs> taking all our cds well you know take take your cds right but then take some spares in case you sell them all but don't put the remainders in cases because it takes up too much space and whatever so uh, if you happen to sell all the ones in cases awesome and then just buy some cases over there and restock but could not find cases anywhere eh? we'll try and best buy and walmart and you name it and they were just not anywhere um so i was getting a bit pissed about that and also um voltage converter the voltages in america are a bit different so depending what gear you've got um, just yeah, cross check it against um, what America has. So check that on on the internet or whatever. And fuck, it was hard finding finding a step up converter because step downs are fine. And it's the same over here. If you try and buy a step down converter, is no problem. But step up, forget about it. Cannot be found. Mm. And also, I actually have a power pack that runs on American power for my trigger module. And once again, I didn't fucking use the thing the whole trip. I lugged it around for nothing because it just wouldn't work. There wasn't enough, I guess, amperage or something yeah. in my power pack to run the thing properly. And that happened in Asia as well. So, yeah, two tours without triggers, which is fine. Who cares? Like, I can still play my drums without them. But, yeah, mm. it's just getting... It's more just for my own monitoring that I love being able to hear that. Otherwise, I'm, I feel deaf up there. Yeah. I can't really hear it on stage, so... Anyway, you get past that shit. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, that drive that morning, fuck, that was just no. <laughs> something else, eh? Um, so what should have been, I think, maybe a four-hour drive to Toronto from Montreal took us at least six, I think. Did get there eventually and got some parking easily enough. And, um, yeah, went into the venue, Bovine Sex Club. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was a cool place. And that was actually the yeah, biggest turnout of the trip, I think. Yeah. Um, 
it's about a hundred and something people. So that was cool. Um, and our old drummer, Brenton Pedler does live in Toronto now. So he rocked up. So it was awesome to see him too. Um, he was pretty impressed to see us. Thinks we've come a long way, which is very nice. Um, and that was cool. Yeah. I had another five bands. And again, there was a, a big folk metal, uh, scene going on over there. We had, um, Primal Frost and Nordheim playing. So it was a pretty awesome lineup. And, um, yeah, so not surprised. It was a good turnout. Primal Frost didn't um, play that one. All the, Fuck, what am I talking about? I talk some shit, eh? Hey? It was Sargrad and it was um, uh, another mob from over there. I can't remember, but you can check it on the net. Mm. Yeah, we left Toronto. We were supposed to hook up with Dean from Primal Frost that evening, but That's our right. phones weren't working. He was at another gig and their gig ran until like three in the morning. So mm. typical shit. Got back at 5am and texted us, uh, yeah, don't bother. Just meet us in the morning. <laughs> By that stage, we'd stayed up all night. So we thought, fuck it. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, met up with them, went to his house, picked up because we were going to carry some of their gear across the border and because they were scared that they'd get like not get in or whatever. So we took that shit and went past Niagara Falls, which was incredible. We just hung around there throwing. That was incredible, eh? From the Canada side, wasn't it? Before we went through. And, um, seeing Niagara Falls in the winter, far out, snowy and icy and... You were trying to get that seagull. Yeah, I came so close to. <laughs> that was sick. Yeah, throwing ice at a seagull off Niagara Falls. Real good. Yeah, and that, that was hundreds of meters down, eh? Like, mm. that was awesome. Or maybe not hundreds. Yeah. That's an exaggeration. Whatever. Oh, could it? Uh, Kilometers. A hundred, maybe. Yeah, a hundred, I think. <laughs> and then we went to Denny's, got ourselves a dirty ass American feed, and rolled straight to Vermont. Mm, no no it was rochester which is back in new york state that's right we went to rochester and fuck i suck did and we met up with that guy patrick from tyranita tyranita from there yeah rocked up in rochester patrick met us there he was the guitarist slash singer in tyranita and yeah he put us and primal frost up for the evening put us and primal frost up for the evening in this massive like three-story with a basement house and um, yeah, they were just really welcoming, got us to the venue, which was called... The Bug Jar. The Bug Jar, which was not bad, oh, like a little bit of a sort of a ghetto venue, but it was pretty cool. I thought it was a cool place. The stage was the smallest stage I've ever played on, I'd say. Like, um, not actually, not lengthwise, but going up, like, the it was just big enough to set drum kit up in the middle, and then everyone else has to sort of stand on either side of it. So it was a bit squishy, but the actual venue I thought was pretty cool. It had the back area um, separate from the stage and they had yeah, real good cool. drink deals. So we're getting pretty plastered that night actually. And, um, yeah, that was awesome. Did some, lots of snow stuff outside with freshly fallen snow. It's funny like when we just lose our mind about the snow and go out and play, playing it and people there are like, what the hell? We hate this shit, man. And then they, yeah, it's not every day that they see people actually excited by snow. Yeah. So they were all out filming us and shit. Pretty funny. Yeah, it was cool. And yeah, the gig went well. Primal Frost, uh, Primal Frost were friggin' awesome again. Tranatar were cool and everyone was really nice to us. And the headlining band, I can't remember what they were called, but God, their singer flute player or piccolo player or whatever was fucking... Throne of Wilderness. Hammered and... She was yakking in the toilet <laughs> earlier in the night and then she put on this performance, pulled it together, but was so yeah, lasted on stage. It was really, really quite funny, actually. Yeah, it was pretty sick. And um, yeah, Patrick from Tyranitar as well, they got us that uh, food called a... What was it called? 
garbage tray or something like that yeah garbage plate or something yeah some rochester thing and it's yeah yeah something like that and um yeah it's got like a kransky sausage and what was even in it yeah you could get burger kransky sausage uh white sausage any of these sort of things with Macro, what what they call mac salad, which is just macaroni cheese, oh, and then yeah, fried yeah. onions and, <laughs> and chili sauce or something through it. It was pretty awesome. It was real good. And Dicey was particularly trash that night. Do you remember? Yeah. And he, we've got good photos online of him, but trying to eat this garbage tray or whatever it is, and he sitting down being a smart ass and giving everyone shit. Sat down and just leaned back, and it all went all over his face and in his hair and down his shirt and on the floor and shit. Um, and then the dog came so, and ate it off. Oh, man. And then he passed out and um, drew on him. Jesse's turned him into a mouse, draw whiskers and shit on his face. So that was good. Sleep was dynamite. Got up in the morning. Patrick made us all bagels and juice and, um, yeah, headed off on the road to Vermont. Uh-huh. Burlington. And the venue was called Nectar's Live or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they... um. Yeah, have a metal night on Mondays, so that's how we got that one in the itinerary. So it's yeah, cool place to go on a Monday. Um, that was a really good gig, I thought. Pretty pretty good turnout for what it was, and um, yeah, lots of booze and lots of food going around. Um, and yeah, big stage. Yeah, just had a good time. Pretty fucking cold again. Met some dude that knew Perry Ormsby. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, got in, effed off, and went to back to New York. Pretty much didn't didn't Dicey drive? Did he drive then? Uh, through the night he did actually. Yeah, he did, and we went back to wherever the hell we went. I can't remember the airport. I guess yeah. The next day, it feels so surreal. Like it's only been a few weeks ago, but God, it feels like forever ago. Yeah, it does, man. Um, so yeah, at that point we hopped on our flight to uh, Miami, um, and we were lucky enough as well to get on the pre-party for seventy thousand tons of metal. So we played a show in Fort Lauderdale the night before the cruise left, um, and that went pretty cool the venue was pretty amazing massive place uh yeah met a few cool people there some some cool bands and stuff some cool josh and rigel yeah caught up with a few people from perth and new zealand very awesome fun um and yeah next day boarded the seventy thousand tons of metal cruise which was an experience in itself a eh? pretty mm. awesome time yeah we pigged out fucking drank cocktails 3 a.m burgers real good yeah man four five meals a day full buffet <laughs> heaps of different food 24 hour buffet yeah yeah, and like cruising around and you've got um, Behemoth and bloody Cannibal Corpse, Winter Sun, just, you know, cruising around, getting their breakfast in front of you. It's fucking surreal, hey? <laughs> yeah, if anyone's thinking about going there, definitely do it. It's worth every penny. It's a real good experience. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, we were lucky to get to play on that as well twice, which is really cool. First, um, first gig was... Um, actually a massive turnout because the pool deck the main stage wasn't actually ready in time so they had to postpone a few of the headlining bands that were playing at the time so it was pretty much us and um yeah i think maybe only us with the only band on at the time when we played on um, one of the smaller stages inside and so it was a really big turnout in the end went really well uh, and we were the first band of the day on that stage as well so we were set up pretty early and we were just hanging on stage waiting to start and we we're again having one of those things where we just have a casual conversation with the crowd for a while telling them to shut up <laughs> calling them cunts <laughs> <laughs> things like that uh, so the set went really well and um there yeah, then we played again on the last night we were supposed to actually be the last band of the cruise i think along with destruction or someone Aelstorm had a set yeah set change of time so they played after us on the same stage as <clears throat> the um the other main indoor stage not the outdoor one but um 
it was pretty awesome, like in a theatre with all these seats and things, but also a little yeah deck where you can have people standing up at the front, so it was really awesome. Um, municipal Waste were on just before us, so it was a bit of a party vibe going on. What else? I don't know. The cruise was sweet. I did uh, the drum teching for Cannibal Corpse on the cruise. That's right. We were talking about that a couple of uh, episodes ago. Yeah, it went well. Same thing as Australia. It, it went well. It went well, except for uh, there was... Like, rather than a headlining gig where you've got three hours before the doors even open to set up the main band's gear, you had to sort of do it just like a normal local show. And then the changeover was like half an hour, 45 minutes. You just have to rush everything on, do a line check and get monitors happening. So, yeah, it was pretty stressful, but the shows went well. One of them was up on the pool deck and like it was so windy up there that day. We had to sandbag all the cymbals down and... I was watching you from a spa side of stage. That was weird, hey. And um, <laughs> watching Cannibal Corpse from a spa, real good. Uh, Pat O'Brien's guitar rack fell over in his case and smashed on the ground oh. just before the first song. Alex's hammer smashed case. Yeah, yeah. Alex's fucking um, bass amp cut out like one of the lines wasn't plugged in or something, and then Rob cut out in the second song. It was like mayhem for three songs. It was kind of stressful. And yeah, then after that, it was fine. So that was pretty cool. Awesome to work with those dudes again. It was cool using all the gear on the boat. Um, they've just sort of got all yeah. sorts of backlines. So I just used um, some Mesa Boogie massive uh, rig, triple wrecked fire, two cabs, or I don't know, maybe only one was plugged in, but still awesome. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, it's reasonable setup, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. man, you could just pick and choose from like DW, Sonor, Tama. And Pearl kits. I grabbed the Pearl just because I'm really familiar with the hardware. Yeah, it was awesome. You could you could choose if I wanted. You could have like 6, 8, 10, 12, 13, 14, 16 and 18 inch toms, which is insane. Two kick drums mm-hmm. if you want them. Any hardware you need except a rack. It was all on stands. And any cymbal you wanted and any pedal you wanted it was fucking crazy and they really looked after us and they were yeah, pretty professional and it was it was cool good experience totally dude yeah it was it was mint man so that was really cool and just really comfortable after playing on other people's shitty gear and having cabo was having dramas with his um kemper unit and stuff and and then suddenly just getting to a place like that where you've just got everything at your fingertips just made yeah. the hardest shows for us to play just so cruisy you know it was wicked yeah yeah, it was really good. Had a jar of Vegemite uh, left over that we'd taken, so gave that to the crowd during our second set. They all tried eating it, and oh, just the faces on them, mate. Surprised <laughs> no one vomited in there. Real funny. Anyway, um, yeah, so 70,000 tons. Very awesome. Do it. Uh, got out of there and flew over to Las Vegas. Um, we did have a show booked there, but it ended up getting cancelled. Um, they were trying to reschedule the night to a couple nights later, but um, wasn't really going to work out for us so that was kind of cool at that point because we'd done a few extra shows than we originally planned and we're pretty happy um, but next time around we'll, we'll definitely play over that side um, but yeah it was nice just to have a, a week or whatever we had there four or five nights to chill out and get drunk and gamble and whatever we do there over there it was cool yeah it was <clears> pretty cool and then we headed to hollywood for <clears> me for a night and um you guys for a little bit longer but that was pretty cool got some in and out Burger checked out how shitty the Hollywood Boulevard actually is. Like, it's so lackluster compared to all the movies and stuff. Yeah, went to Guitar Center in Hollywood, which was pretty awesome. They have so much gear in there, and it's like 
mm. a room of ten to fifteen thousand dollar vintage guitars, some that went up way more, and just shit that I've never seen with my own peepers before, which was pretty cool and pretty crazy. Glad I got there once because that was a place I always used to hear about as being awesome. I ended up getting in and out burger a couple of days later. Did not rate it that much, eh? Oh, okay. I, I thought it would be like some big gourmet burgers, but it was pretty much just like a Macca's or something. I thought it was packed. There was so many people there. Yeah, but I like mm. that it's just three items on the menu. Hamburger, cheeseburger, yeah. double cheeseburger, and you get <laughs> like pickle, pickled mayonnaise in it, and it just it just tasted awesome and hit mm. the spot that morning. It's great. Yeah, oh, sick. Not great. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> cool, man. And then, yeah, I just had a couple of extra nights and came home, went to a gay Mexican restaurant with Jim oh, yeah. one night. Um, so we were staying, well, we were staying in West Hollywood. It was a big um, gay area. And yeah, just trying to find places to eat dinner and shit and ended up right in the center of gay territory, <laughs> which whatever, it was pretty funny. And I um, went into this restaurant and it was, yeah, Mexican restaurant, but it was all covered in, like painted in rainbow colors and the waiter was... <laughs> bit flaming and um yeah just all the people's voices and trannies walking past and all sorts of stuff it was hilarious even jim thought it was funny good food anyway, and yeah came home and here we are the food was actually amazing i got um uh surf and turf tacos wow. so steak and prawns nice anyway back home and uh yeah write a new album this year touring will slow down if all goes to plan and um yeah we'll get a new album cranking and be back with vengeance at the end of the year back on the road i'm sure have you started writing like since you've been back uh not so much been pretty hectic this week um so i can't say i have but i have had to play around with my stuff make sure it's all working and got my demoing station all set up and good to go so the mm-hmm. all goes to plan i'll um yeah be on it every night after work or whatever and writing a bit um jerry seinfeld had a thing where he would make himself write a different joke every day for forever i think <laughs> and um he couldn't break the chain so if he didn't write a joke one day the chain is broken so i'm gonna try and do that theory with um, with writing music so you have to play guitar every single day and if you don't you've broken the chain not good shit and have to do it with drums <laughs> yeah i guess we should jam soon and and whatnot i'm sure we'll have a, a show in perth soon enough um, but I don't think you'll see us on the road for a while. Um, but we'll be ordering some new merch and, yeah, like we said, writing a new album. So uh, if there's anything you want to hear us do, let us know. Facebook.com slash ClaimTheThrone. ClaimTheThrone.com, which, by the way, we need a new website. Uh, we've got a, our web dude is no longer with us. Ah, so cool. we need to sort that out this year. Awesome. Uh, Maybe we can integrate it with the Podge site. Yeah, that's what I think, yeah. Definitely. We'll do a WordPress style thing. Yeah. Um, let's talk about that so that's cool we'll do that and um yeah any any specific little things you learned from the tour or little tidbits you reckon that we've missed Uh, sure we've missed lots and lots of stories there's only so much time but it's really crazy man we've been on so many tours over the years that i think we're pretty set up now with everything um Hmm. and and there's always something we haven't dealt with before like freezing our butts off in montreal but (laughs) as far as the shows go it's it's kind of just standard practice these days the only thing that we could Mm. benefit from is uh, which is always like the never-ending thing is is on stage gear so you know after the Mm -hmm. tour jesse said you know i want to upgrade my keyboard and i want a better sample library for that and you know talking about getting di's for that or in-ear monitors to make 
because the hardest thing on the road is getting actual on stage sound set up so you know yeah. i've de- devised a plan actually based on what paul from kennel does he has a really simple in-ear monitor setup and yeah i think i could set that up for anyone in the band that wanted to deal with setting that up on tour i think it would be pretty easy but okay. again it means everyone has to have a personal mixer on stage so maybe yeah. not for the guitarist but um, for Jesse, who's standing behind a keyboard, and for me, that's on a kit, it could work nicely. Mm-hmm. We're saying as well about maybe some sound effects between songs, so there's no silence breaks and things like that. Yeah, we, we've always been that band that talks to the crowd, and <laughs> we don't want to stop doing that, but it might just be more interesting to the people who don't dig our banter, because I know some people out there are not interested in what the fuck we have to say, so um, yeah. between songs, it might be cool just to link them together a bit more and still be able to talk a bit of shit. Yeah. In terms of the tour itself, I guess it was um, just really awesome. Like, I mean, it was something that we booked ourselves. So it was a pretty um, massive project and learned heaps from online communication. I mean, it was all pretty much booked through emails and Facebook, just um, finding places and asking around and getting contacts and um, negotiating payments and stuff like that over the online. Um, so that was pretty cool. And, and since the two have just made so many contacts, and if we go back, we just know people in every place now that are all great people. And um, yeah, so that's really cool. It's good um, practice with promotion, doing a bit of Facebook ads and um, yeah, getting in touch with street presses and just different ways of promoting stuff, scheduling tweets and Instagram and all that sort of shit so that was pretty cool um yeah just definitely good practice with with booking things ourselves. and i think we could probably do it again and in at a higher scale um so if you're thinking about doing it with your band definitely worth worth looking into um yeah and that's um that's cabba's diy project for the last 12 months pretty much doing that and he fucking pulled it off actually feel like a whole weight is off my shoulders now with that going on yeah it was a huge undertaking there's so much stuff we've talked about on the podge before like um, you know, planning, scheduling, devising, strategizing and all this shit, getting in touch with bands, um, trying to book the venues, getting references for, you know, people to say yes to our gigs that we need confirmation for to get working visas and just the yeah. whole logistical fucking thing of it and that it worked. It's just, you know, here, here, Cabba, you are fucking awesome, mate. Yeah, big relief and yeah, just stoked that it went so well and we had such a blast. So it will happen again for sure. Upcoming on the podge this year? I don't know. Well, I think people need to tell us what you want to hear about. Um, Head to claimthrown.net, record yourself uh, asking us a question or a comment or whatever and we play it on the show and we'll chat about it. Um, But I've got a few things that I would like to experiment with this year. One being, may as well just talk about it on here, whatever, Mm -hmm. webinars. Have you ever had anything to do with them? Uh, I've watched a couple. Have you? Yeah. I haven't really watched any, I don't think. I've heard about them a bit. Mm. Um, do you have you paid to go on them or are they free? No, I've caught the free ones from, I think it's Creative Live. Okay. Yeah. Like production ones. And, and are stuff. they live? Yeah, they are. And that's you get them for free when you watch yeah. them live, but if you want to watch it again, you've got to pay. Yeah, cool. So, I mean, even something like us recording a podcast, if it was like on Google Hangouts or some sort of webinar where people can tune in when we're recording it, uh, you can chat to us or, you know, ask a question while we're actually on air. So it could be something interesting to experiment with, I think. So if you yeah, if you think that cool. sounds good or if you have any other suggestions, let us know um, on Twitter or Facebook or on claimthethrone.net where we'll post this exact podcast. And if you do have any questions about the tour as well, just fire them away on there and we'll answer whatever we can for you. Um, and the other one I had, just 
collecting all the little tips and music management and marketing and recording things that we've talked about over the last year or so of podging, mm-hmm. putting them into like a little pocket book, like a physical printed book that people can buy mm-hmm. and chuck it in their pocket. And if, you know, something happens when you're out at a gig, you're not sure how to handle the situation or whatever, refer to that, see what we reckon. So if you like that idea as well, let us know. If you think it's stupid, let us know. That's fucking interesting, Cabba. Um, mm. In terms of Podge content this year, you just mentioned that Jim's hunting around for a portable recording setup. So we'll probably talk about what we get him set up with and why. And why. Why. And uh, yeah, I mean, the whole reason we started this podcast was the sort of trials and tribulations of recording Forged in Flame. And as it happened, we didn't get our shit together because we were so green when it came to producing ourselves that we didn't get around to actually like documenting it on the podcast so yep. this year which will soon mark the second year of the podcast can you believe going into the third year of the podcast that's insane to think yeah we'll actually be writing a new album so yeah what it's like to be in a metal band and write and record and produce and market a whole new album so this time we'll be definitely more onto it 32 episodes in and yeah it's going to be a hell of a lot different this time and i think yeah, it's good. It's going to be good to be able to compare it to Forged in Flame afterwards and see how we go. Absolutely. Well, that's our biggest project this year is the new album. So you can um, pretty much be guaranteed that that's what we'll be discussing most on the podcast. Um, so, yeah, for all you recording nerds out there, you'll dig it. And if you do want to have some input into what our songs are sounding like or what direction we're taking, then this is the place to hear about it and to have your input. And, um, yeah, let us know what you reckon as we're going through and we'll keep you updated on the process as it's happening. Um, which was the idea in the first place like you said so a good chance to actually give it another whirl for sure fuck yeah let's get the hell out of here cool should we do some more interviews this year definitely I've got a few in mind um, which we'll talk about off air sounds good to me cool alright well fucking Cabra and Ash from Claim the Throne over and out roger that thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again next time goodbye making a pay oh what song oh I'm stopping recording by the way (laughs) 